All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Red Carpets WrestleMania here on UCLAradio.com. So in, I think, what is our fourth episode, I have a really great guest here with us today. Uh, one of the biggest wrestling YouTubers out there, definitely someone I've been following for a while and I know is really inf a influential, as, we, as he's called, and just popular in the wrestling community amongst wrestling fans, especially hardcore wrestling fans. It's, we have the influencer, Brian Zane. So thanks so much for being with us, and we're really great to have you here. Uh, thanks, Anish. Thanks for having me. I'm really, you know, I haven't been on... You know, I remember back when I was in college, I had aspirations of also being in college radio and it never worked out. So this is the closest I ever got to that, though. I'm, I'm, I, everything comes full circle. <laughs> well, awesome. Yeah. So we're glad we could give you that. So uh, for people who don't know, Brian Zane is not only a YouTuber with his wrestling, with his wrestling YouTube channel, Wrestling With Regret, but um, you also have done commentary for uh, WCWC and you're a wrestler yourself having <laughs> independent wrestler for many years in Oregon and on the West Coast primarily. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it's I, I come from Oregon originally. Uh, I went to school at U of O as well, in fact. And uh, I trained to wrestle when I was uh, pretty much out of high school. And I, I did that for a little bit as a wrestler and I wasn't very good. And so I became a manager. And this was back in like 06, 07 when this all started. So I've been involved in you know wrestling for a, quite a long time. And um, yeah, I've started wrestling with regret, which is my YouTube channel back in 2013. And it's, you know, going seven years strong. It's a full-time job now. And um, it's th that, that gig is also parlayed into other success. Cause like you said, I did commentary for West coast wrestling connection uh, a couple of years ago. And up until recently I was, you know, I've been involved with ring of honor uh, until the pandemic happened. I was involved as a backstage interviewer with them. And, you know, I'm still there with the company, but they just haven't had a use for me in the ROH bubble yet. But uh yeah, man, I think it's been, it's been, uh, it's kind of crazy where uh, I always say no one's path in wrestling is the same. No one's path to success is the same as somebody else's. Every, everyone has a different path and it could be, you're really a gifted athlete or you're really good at other things that get you into that business and finds you a, an opening. And that's kind of what I've, I'm kind of blessed to be in the latter half of that. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point what you're talking about in that uh, nobody's path in wrestling is the same. So I just wanted to ask you right off the bat, what got you into wrestling? I'm sure it was when you were super young as most people start out but uh yeah what was the match or the storyline or the superstar that made you a wrestling fan and kept you a wrestling fan uh you know i think the wrestler that really caught my attention the most was the black ninja in wcw <laughs> versus nwo world tour on the n64 it was a video game that actually got me yeah. into professional wrestling and uh it was something where i growing up i i try i would flip the channels as a kid and, and find wrestling not really knowing who anyone was and my parents would always like, they, they would instinctively know it. And there's like burst of, no, don't watch the wrestling. <laughs> it's bad stuff. Don't watch it. Uh, and so I would have to, you know, tune, tune out of it. And so I had this negative uh, connotation with wrestling for a long time growing up until like 1998 when it just blew up and everyone was watching it. And then like my friend, like he rented the game and like neither of us were wrestling fans, but we played the, that game for the entire weekend. And so he never really followed the wrestling after that, but I was hooked. And so I started watching the real stuff on TV, you know, like after that and the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, I kind of have the same story where I would, you know, catch glimpses of it, you know, super young four or five. And it was a SmackDown here comes the pain that really got me into it. So very similar story there. Um, so from there, what was it that made you decide to actually start training in wrestling and get into, you know, the business itself? Obviously, it's been a long path for you. I mean, you, you said you debuted sort of 06, 07, and you started your wrestling channel seven years later, 2013. What was like that in between for you? Well, you know, I think what got me 
like, you know, from when I first became a wrestling fan, there was always a part of me that thought, oh, like, I would love to be this kind of character. I think everyone has that kind of fantasy of like being, you know, their dream character or gimmick or whatever. And, um, you know, I thought, well, that'd be kind of cool to try and wrestle. And like, I was reading McFoy's autobiography. And I'm like, well, you know, if this guy can can get over and, and, and have a successful career, then what about, you know, me? And I was, you know, that's a bit, it's a bit of a misnomer. It's, it's, kind of, it's really, it's really, you know, dismissing a lot of his other athletic accomplishments, but um, you know, it was just something where I thought I could do it or be kind of fun, but I didn't really think too hard about it. And then like when I was a freshman in college, I saw that there was a wrestling school back in Portland, which is where I'm from originally. And it's two hours from Eugene. So I uh, went to that school. I thought it's a, well, it, the opportunity is there. It's like, it's affordable. And it, the, the, the wrestlers who are in charge of it, are very reputable as well. Um, they're held in high regard. So yeah, I decided to you know, take that plunge and, um, you know, for 50 bucks a pop for like three years, I was going to, you know, the wrestling school as often as I could. And I couldn't really make it work physically. Like if you watch my matches on YouTube, the, the physicality was not something that I embraced very well or the coordination or really anything, you know, not having to do with like talking. I, I basically found my, my calling as a talker, whether it be an announcer or a manager. And it's something that I kind of like, I tried to say, well, maybe if I could wrestle too, it'd be fun, but I couldn't make those connections. And I, I don't know what my, you know, besides of a lack of worth work ethic, I'm not really sure what my my falling was <laughs> in that regard to make it work. Um, so yeah, I think manager was something that was more of my strengths. But yeah, as far as like what got me, what made me think I could do it, was just the opportunity was there. I wasn't in a place where I felt comfortable. Like, well, I'm gonna pack up and move all my stuff to this school in St. Louis or something. It's like it right. just didn't really work for me. So um, you know, I think it was just the desire and the opportunity. Well, let's give it a try. And what's the worst that could happen? And what was it from there that got you into actually doing YouTube? Because, you know, there's a lot of wrestling content in general out there. So it must have been, you know, a little daunting to try and get into it and just carve out your own niche, which you've clearly done at this point. But what was it in those early days? What made you decide to take that plunge? Well, I was kind of an early adopter of YouTube at college because it was breaking out just around the time I was doing my focus on like journalism and electronic media. So I worked a lot in video editing and that's where you put your reel up, you know, it was YouTube. It was very, it's still, you know, all my, all my old demo reels are still up there hidden in my personal account somewhere. But uh, yeah, I got into YouTube for a while and I always fantasized about having like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if I had some kind of funny wrestling channel, like a sketch channel or something because i was really inspired by this youtube channel that one of my favorite bands at the time had and they were doing kind of a sketch comedy thing like that'd be funny to apply wrestling to that but i never really had i had this ideas rattling around and then also at the same time when i was graduating college and like first couple years out i was really a big fan of like the nostalgia critic and the angry video game nerd who are like the like they're they really kind of they they developed a cottage industry or they're responsible for a cottage industry of like a bunch of like nerdy wrestling YouTube critics. That's like basically it's a whole industry <laughs> of itself and they're kind of responsible for it um, for better or for worse. So like I had then like a few years down the line, I was a fan of like all these different, you know, offshoots of that uh, that archetype. I'm like, why everyone's covering like comic books and music and movies. Why is nobody covering professional wrestling? Because I feel that's a, a medium that's ripe for that kind of analysis and, and skewering. And now uh, everybody's doing it. 
exactly. Uh, I mean, it was happening back in, you know, when I was in college, I would go to wrestlecrap.com uh, or, um, you know, the people's wrestling website.net, you know, all these different places where there was that kind of thing existing in text form, but no one was really doing it for your video at the time. Like in 2013, wrestling YouTube is not as big and vast as it is, as it is now, um, especially when I was getting into it and the, the content that I was trying to put out because no one else was doing like long form video essays with a humorous you know, tint to it. Basically nobody was doing nostalgia critic for wrestling. And that right. was what I wanted to do. That was my number one goal was like, I want to try this. And it just started out as kind of a hobby or something I didn't, you know, I put the energy and the thought into it and I did what I could to make it look good on a very limited budget. Um, but I did have at least the knowledge of how to edit video and how to write. So I had that down. Um, so that's kind of like what got me into it was again, kind of like the need was there. I felt, or like it was available to be tapped into. And uh, now of course, like, yeah, wrestling YouTube is so huge and like so many people have channels now. And of course the wrestling podcast scene is, is just, there's not enough grains of sand in the Sahara to represent the number of wrestling <laughs> podcasts out there. I'll just say that. Yeah, um, I mean, hell, we're, we're, we're dipping our toes in the water now. So we're adding to this curse or blessing, whatever you'd call it. Yeah, well, good luck. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, I think at the time, wrestling YouTube was not fully explored. And I was just really happy to kind of provide that, um, not provide anything, but at least I, it, it, I had the motivation and I had the inspiration to, to get into it because I felt really passionate about that idea and like no one else is doing it. So at what point did you realize you could do this full time? Because obviously I'm sure for people who don't know your first video, at least I'm pretty sure was that uh, analysis you did of Muhammad Hassan. So obviously you didn't upload that and immediately think you're going to be a millionaire. But at what point did you realize you could do this full time as job as you said you did? Uh, when I started getting paid for the videos, which took a long time, it took about two years for, for, for me to get my first hundred dollars from like Google analytics. Cause like you need to get like a thousand subscribers in order to qualify for, um, monetization. And yeah, I think somewhere in like the two year range, I was able to qualify that I finally made my money and like, Oh man, this is awesome. And then like when the channel really blew up in like 2015, I started getting a lot of momentum based on a couple of big videos at the time, like my Jim Cornette parody video and like a countdown I did like worst heel turns. Like then I also signed with a multi-channel network, which at the time was cool, but now in 2020, no one likes them anymore, but at the time it helped. And so I think all those things really kind of um, led to this perfect storm. And all of a sudden my channel just exploded. And um, when it started making serious money per month, that's when I realized, well, if this keeps going, maybe I can, but I didn't really know for sure until like a year later. So like 2016 was when I was finally at the point where I was making enough consistent money. I was like, okay, I feel comfortable that like, and I, ha I was getting to the point where my channel, I wanted to evolve it in a certain way, but I couldn't do it with my day job. And, you know, with being a family man with my wife and my my one child and another one on the way. So I made the choice to go full-time YouTube while my wife and I were expecting our second kid and we were in the process of moving into a different house. So I had it all figured out, you know, I had it all covered, you know, I'm just going to lose my stable paycheck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, right as far as once, like, you know, it took a while for me to get fully comfortable to the point. And then like, it was a thing where I, you know, my wife and I, okay, we're going to agree to like at this predestined time, I will make that, that move. It'll be after our child is born, uh, boom. And like, 
But then I got to a point like two months earlier, I'm like, no, I got to do it now because like there's X, Y, Z I got to do. And I can't do that if I'm like still, you know, working at channel two, you know? And so she was like, are you really? Okay. I guess we're doing this. <laughs> so my wife's a big, uh, big uh, supporter of me. And she's definitely been, um, if it wasn't for her, her confidence in me, I don't think I'd be this far. Okay. So your channel itself, obviously, like you said, you start off doing essentially uh, like a nostalgia critic or um, angry nerd for, um, for wrestling but obviously mm-hmm. since then it's evolved into a lot of other stuff which is what so many people know you for you do the raw and smackdown reviews the, the wednesday night wars you review old pay-per-views which is some of my, my favorite stuff that you do um which of these types of videos do you think really helped you make it bigger which ones do you really prefer making like i love making videos that are more creative i feel it's like the stuff where i do like little sketches or music videos those ones are uh, creatively the most exhaustive for me because like I have, I put like all this effort into it and like the jokes have got to hit and like I, you know, spend time writing these lyrics and everything or come up with these really funny edits. And then I put the video out there, like no one watches it. Like they never get as much love as my other videos. So it's like, I've come to use like countdowns and the classic pay-per-view reviews as kind of like guaranteed like winners in terms of like what's going to generate views um so i have a healthy respect for those but i much rather make the more fun and creative ones but like the only reason i'm not making those now is because i'm trying to like keep my head above water with my current work schedule and if i have time i have like a real bunch of momentum then i can make some other stuff but um yeah and like i have i have fun making all my videos honestly like they're fun in different ways um I think classic reviews and my weekly long forms are the ones that take up most of my time in terms of like, you know, generating, like getting the research done, writing, finding the footage, getting it edited and all that stuff. Those are the most time consuming. Um, But, you know, like those can also be fun and kind of, it's, it's fun. I learn a little bit more about the editing process and I get better as a writer and an editor with every video I make. So it's like, it's all, it's all very beneficial. It's all fun in their own way. And for someone who hasn't checked out your channel, I think one thing that might be really like, uh, you know, under the, under the covers of appealing would be your reviews of the really offshoot and, um, you know, obscure wrestling companies that pop up every now and then, which happens all the time in wrestling, like your, your WEWs and, you know, of, of those sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are some of my favorite videos that you do. So I wanted to ask you if you could describe the worst wrestling product you've ever seen and reviewed, which one would it be? Oh, that's tough. I mean, as far as a pure wrestling product, it's got to be WEW. Like, nothing comes close. Um, like, and I, sometimes I wonder if they're intentionally supposed to be, they want to be bad. Like, cause I, I, it, it, I think that like a lot of the WEW stuff was stuff that CZW also filmed like on their like, B-sides or whatever. And they just redubbed it with even worse commentary. Like, I don't know the full story of WEW. I'd love to get a hold of Eric Gargiulo and ask him like what was going on with this company. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the company that where it's as far as the most cringe factor, most like laugh factor, like nothing beats women's extreme wrestling in those early days. Okay, awesome. Um- on the opposite end of that, uh, what is it about wrestling? I mean, obviously, we all talk about how we're, we're fans and how you got into the business. But what is it about wrestling that keeps you, you know, doing this? You've been doing this essentially for five years straight. Every week, you review Raw and SmackDown, which a lot of times, Raw and SmackDown, you know, there's not much to review there or it's just not great. But what keeps you going through all of that? Obviously, at this point, it's your job. But, like, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. If I didn't have a job like to review it or a brand to promote, I probably would like not watch Raw on SmackDown. I would probably stay off social media because <laughs> those are the <laughs> things that are kind of the most draining to me. I, I mean, like what keeps me into wrestling besides the fact that like it's my living now, it's, I don't know. I always get a bit of like a, a thrill for it. I've always been like a big theater fan um you know i've been involved in like you know i've tried to be involved in theater all my life and performing and so i think that's kind of why wrestling and then like later the youtube channel became such a great outlet for me um yeah it's just like i don't know it's just kind of like that that rush that I, I, it's kind of like chasing the dragon i guess looking for the same rush i felt as like a teenager watching wrestling for the first time um there's always something that will surprise me or impress me or make me laugh in wrestling um you know i don't <laughs> i guess i'm kind of a philistine in that way where i don't need to have the most nuanced storytelling in the world to keep me hooked as long as you can get a pop out of me or make me laugh like you you've done your job so it's just another kind of like form of you know entertainment for me and um the wrestling and like a lot of the physicality almost comes like secondary or even tertiary to me compared to like characters and storytelling and I don't know. It's like, if there's something going on, man, like uh, you, you got my attention for, for at least a little bit. Yeah. I keep it going. And so for yeah. the most part, wrestling can do that. Yeah. That's a really great answer. I'm glad you said it exactly like that, because the whole point of this, the, this interview series is to get people who aren't into wrestling in Los Angeles, somewhat into wrestling for whenever WrestleMania comes around, whether it's this year or next year. So I think your point about, um, you know, there's something in wrestling for everyone, even if it's not the main thing is a really good point to bring up. So thanks for that. Um, Next up, we only have a couple of t 10 minutes to show left. So I wanted to ask you about this a couple of things that you have going on. The reason I actually reached out to interview you is because of watching your videos and you're growing this magnificent beard now that's going to come off at the end of October. Can you tell us a little bit about why you're doing that? Yeah, well, I first grew the beard because like the day I got the call saying that the Ring of Honor tapings in Vegas were canceled because of COVID, I'm like, well, I have no reason to shave anymore. <laughs> So first it was kind of laziness, then it turned into kind of a game where I'm like, I've never really grown a full beard before. I'd like to try. And so I just kind of like kept growing it out and people started to notice and like people were kind of like upset about it at first. And then they kind of like, I think it grew on them as well as it grew on me. And so, yeah, I've been rocking this beard for like seven months now, essentially, or since I started growing it. And um, yeah, in November, turn of the month, I'm going to be shaving not all of it off just yet. I'm going to mold it into a wrestling facial hairstyle that's being voted on by my fans. And they're voting with their dollars because they're donating because every vote is a donation toward um, four different charities that are you know, going to be helping out with the wildfire relief on the West Coast. So you've got United Way of Mid Willamette Valley. You've got the California Wildfire Association um and there's direct relief and there's the american red cross those four agencies um and so people are voting with their dollars and right now hogan the hogan stash is winning in the polls really? at the moment the jeff hardy is is a second place i won't tell you by what margin though um and so there's also Brian Cage and there's Rick Rude. So like all these different options. And um, yeah, so the money's being raised. So far, we've raised over $3,000 for the wild, wildfire relief. And I'm going to, I, I promised I would match it up to $1,000. And that was like, that goal got blasted through in the first like 24 hours, which was amazing. So I'm on the hook for another $1,000 for it. So right now we, we got 4,000 raised. Um, and there's still time the, till the end of the month when this poll is going through. It's brightsiders.com slash wrestling with regret. That's B-R-I-T-E-S-I-D-E-R-S.com slash wrestling with regret. And there's a W before the R 
in regret. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thank you for that. I haven't made my donation yet because I wanted to do this interview and tell you that I will be voting for the Jeff Hardy. That was my initial pick. So I'm, okay. I'm hoping the margin is close enough that we can get that over the line. But uh, I'll be doing that. We'll be posting all about this on our social media. And we'll be tagging you just so anyone who listens to this and just wants, even if you're not a wrestling fan, even if this doesn't make you want to be a wrestling fan, if you if you want to donate a little to help the wildfire relief for all the stuff that's been going on down on the West Coast, we urge you to do that. So thanks so much, Mr. Zane, for you know spearheading this initiative with your beard. Yeah, well, it's funny. It's like, I think uh, it's... Uh, it's got me the idea. It's got, it got me inspired to do maybe every year. So like, maybe I won't have the beard for as long. The only reason I held on to the beard for as long as I have this year is because it's like for a Halloween costume, which you'll get to see in next week's video, actually. Um, so now that I've lost the whole reason for it, like uh, I, I can maybe grow it in a shorter time period. And then like maybe in the month of November, it'll be the fundraiser month for No Shave November. And then like nice. December, I do something. So it's going to be like, I, I want to make the, uh, it, it'd be kind of fun to make it a tradition and just to have an excuse to have funny mustaches once a year. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, no, that's a really great idea. So, I mean, the reason I guess the California or the West Coast wildfire is important to you is because you said you're from Oregon, right? And you, yeah, you, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been like, you know, every year it's, it seems the fires get worse and worse. And I know we, Oregon got hit with some bad stuff this summer as well. And, um, you know, of course, California is the real story because uh, of mm -hmm. how big it is and how much has been on fire. And so, yeah, we'd like to, you know, uh, help out the people who are being misplaced and otherwise affected by it. So I have to address the, obviously you went to U of O, which is a big UCLA rival, especially in football and basketball. But I will say, of all the Pac-12 schools, I would say after UCLA, Oregon has always been my favorite. And I don't know if you know this, but the Oregon band at um, a lot of your guys' sporting events will play Stone Cold's theme song. Did you know that? Yes, I remember that from when I actually went to the games. They would play. That was the one, the one song I marked out for was the, the Stone Cold theme. Uh, yeah, man, I miss the Oregon games. Boy, it's like I really fell off because I was a big like I wasn't into football at all growing up then like i think freshman or so no, not even sophomore year of college when i finally got into football and what got me into football madden 2004 video game so then like i started got getting into oregon football they didn't get really really good until i left until i graduated and then like chip kelly takes over and just stomps a mud hole on everyone and then and like now when we have him and it's not going so well <laughs> yeah when he left it's like i really you know, lost a lot of like interest in it. Like, I think the breaking point for me was Alamo Bowl a few years ago, Oregon and TCU, but that's a whole other story. But <laughs> okay. Uh, one last thing I want to ask you about, you said you have a film riff going on this weekend. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, I made this whole point to bring a prop into this and I realized it's not going to be a video <laughs> interview. So it makes no, no, no bearing on this interview, but um, the movie is called just another romantic wrestling comedy. It came out many years ago. At least I can use this as a reference. 2005 is when it came out and it is one of the, if not the worst wrestling movie I've ever seen. It's just a bad movie period wrestling or otherwise, everything about this is just so bad it's good and and teeters on so bad it's bad property honestly um one of the things i was most heartbroken about when mania weekend got canceled in tampa this year was i wanted to do a live riff on stage with a live audience of this movie with a few guests and i didn't get to do that and so i'm trying to make up for it in the digital realm because this friday at 12 noon 3 eastern on my youtube channel we'll be trying this again we'll be doing a live riff of the movie and it'll be a watch along with not only uh colt cabana 
who's uh, quite a name in the wrestling circle. If you're a fan of wrestling, you probably know who Colt Cabana is. And uh, my other guest would be April Hunter, who is a, is a you know, former wrestling personality, but she also had a starring role in this movie. And so we'll be, you know, asking her what kind of, you know, behind the scenes questions or stories she might recall from her days as part of this movie. And we're all just going to like, I hope not bury her, but we're going to bury this movie. That's one thing we're going to be doing <laughs> during the stream. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us here today. We really appreciate you coming on, just taking a little bit of the time out of your day to A, talk about wrestling and B, talk about all the really cool stuff that you're going on. Hold up that, that prop again, because I think uh, the video's quality has been pretty great. I actually might put this out on the UCL Radio YouTube channel. So um, yeah, here's a screen grab for you. Like yeah, that. awesome. <laughs> Thanks so, so yeah. much for that. Is, is there anything else you'd like to talk about that you've got going on or just, you know... No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm on Cameo now. I actually have a Cameo account that just uh, I made public yesterday, and I actually have a request that just showed up this morning, and I have to fulfill that. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, just look me up, Brian Zane, Z-A-N-E, and, the, and the, it's the traditional spelling for Brian, by the way. None of this Y <laughs> crap. <laughs> I've lived my whole life dealing with B-R-Y-A-Ns. That's not me, man. So, and so, so check out the Cameo. Part- I'm also on uh, Twitter at Z-Man Brian Zane facebook.com slash wrestling with regret instagram at brian zane and uh yeah now cameo yep thanks so much for joining us today we really appreciate it and you know hopefully your interview here can get at least one person into wrestling or get at least one person to donate to help the the wildfire cause on the west coast so we really appreciate it and thanks so much for coming on again thanks for having me